Welcome to FIC Focus, where Bloomberg Intelligence fixed income, credit currency, and commodities strategists and analysts discuss their short and long-term views on debt markets and issuers. Now, here's the Bloomberg Intelligence FIC research team. Welcome to this edition of All Options Considered. I'm Tambir Sandhu, Chief Global Derivative Strategist for Bloomberg Intelligence, the research arm of Bloomberg. On this episode, we will focus on the UK following the August Bank of England meeting today and the volatility in the bond market. I'm joined by Dan Hansen, Senior UK Economist at Bloomberg Economics. How are you doing, Dan? I'm good, Tanvir. Thanks for having me again. So the BOE lifted the bank rate by 25 basis points today to five and a quarter, and the vote was split three ways. If the 50 basis point hike in June was a reaction to the scale of the upside surprises going into that meeting, the same rationale suggested 25 today, given the mixed data since. Uh, The data has surprised less to the upside, essentially, than going into the last meeting. But, you know, there was a lack of communication since the last inflation print, which came in below consensus, and the reaction function of the BOE is at times unclear. Uh, the market pricing of around 35 basis points into today's meeting. So 40% chance of a 50 basis point hike was a reasonable representation of this uncertainty with the mixed data giving 25 basis points more of an edge today. After the hike today, the market pricing of the terminal rate nudged slightly lower towards five and three quarters. And in turn, the gilt curve will steepen. Now, there was some new wording that policy is currently viewed as restrictive and persistent inflationary pressures may have begun to crystallise. Stating that policy is restrictive has offered maybe just a small hint of them nearing an end, but I wouldn't really over-extrapolate from that. No, I I mean, I I agree with that as well, to be honest. I mean, it's been pretty obvious for a while that policy has been restrictive. Ultimately, and they said this in the press conference, you know, they're going to be guided by the data. Um, and the thing they're really worried about now, more than anything, I think, is pay growth, because that's the one indicator that's just not going in the right direction. In the private sector, it's still rising. It's at 7.7%. You might think something about 3%, around 3% is consistent with the inflation target. So it's miles from the level that is consistent with the inflation target and it's going in the wrong direction. So I think, you know, looking looking ahead, I think, I agree essentially with market pricing for the peak rate. I think they'll they'll almost certainly do one in September. I think there's a pretty good chance still they'll do one in November. I mean, there are a couple of things to watch. I mean, obviously what the Fed and the ECB do. There's a slight tweak in the guidance as well that they're going to be looking at the economic resilience. Um, so basically looking at demand in the economy. So, you know, that would give them some room to turn a little bit more dovish. But I think looking at it, you know, sort of on the whole and overall, think your assessment's absolutely right. Um, it was broadly in line with expectations. Um, the uncertainty was around the 25 or 50 once that had gone. That really drove the market pricing, the idea that 50 was priced out, obviously, for today, but also any risk of it happening again in September. So, um, yeah, it, it seemed broadly in line to me and, you know, a few more in the pipeline and then they'll, then they'll pause. So five and three quarters as a peak is fair reflection of the balance of risks as of now, keeping in mind, you know, that the volatility at the front end of the yield curve means that the read through 
of policy expectations is muddied by risk premium. So besides you know the expectations component that's priced into the curve, we have to consider the liquidity risk and the uncertainty that's at play there, given the super high volatility there. Yeah, that's I mean absolutely, and I actually we said in our in our note that you know if anything, and for the first time in a very long time, the risk for us at least looking at it are to the downside. It's not unthinkable to see them. I think September's pretty, you know, pretty likely, but it's not unthinkable to see three months down the line the narrative changing enough that a pause does come into play in November. As I say, it's not our base case, but I think there is now a, more of a question mark about November. So I think the sort of risk around it now is is a little bit more to the downside than it was around our call of five seventy five. A little bit more to the downside than it was going into the meeting. Um, but not by enough for us to feel sort of comfortable changing our call. I think I think the base case is still um, the 575 peak. The inflation market, if we look at, say, the five-year, five-year inflation swap, is trading near the upper end of this year's range, which essentially suggests there's a lack of conviction there in the kind of disinflation theme. And if we look at the components of the core CPI and weight them, three quarters of those are still printing above five percent so it does beg the question of how long this process will take and probably why the boe is alluding to rates remaining restrictive for longer so i suspect you know they'd be pretty happy if we get down to three to four percent yeah no i mean that's exactly i mean there's there's a lot there so the first thing is their their revealed preference is to do a little bit more rather than a little bit less which again leans you towards them carrying on going um beyond september um, you're right as well that in the the guidance they made this point about rates staying um, restricted for some time um, to bring inflation down, um, and I think that was just essentially just a nudge not to for the market not to start pricing in cuts too aggressively, and, and that hasn't happened um, at all. So I think they they'll be quite pleased with how things have gone there. Um, but I think fundamentally, and this goes to your point about the the composition of core CPIs that. It's not going to be that hard, I don't think, to get down to sort of four, maybe even three percent inflation. The the tough bit is the rest if you want to get to two. Right. And that's where you have to that's where you have to sort of really look at the labor market and think about how much pain you really want to impose uh, on the economy to get yourself back down to that two percent number. So that's what they're going to be focused on. And that's I think, you know, is another reason to speak to the the idea of doing a little bit more rather than a little bit less. And that's the problem with relying on spot data at this point in the cycle, where, you know, there's a significant lag in the full impact of monetary policy. And, you know, they're on a path of over tightening. It's a plausible scenario. And if there are more signs of that occurring, then the curve will start having to pricing significant cuts potentially sooner. Yeah, I think that's right. And they acknowledge today that they, you know, they've been, they're a little bit firmer on the idea that they're seeing the effects of this coming through. So they know it's coming. But as you say, relying on the spot data, you know, looking in your rear view mirror, whatever analogy you want to use, it, because of the lags, it by definition means you're going to make a mistake, you're going to do too much. Um, but in the context of the last, you know, 18 to 24 months that we've had, I think they much prefer to err on that side and reverse it later on than get to a place where you know you get to sort of as I was saying three and a half, three, and you just cannot get it down any further without um, essentially creating a significant amount of pain. Not sort of five seventy five, but having to go 
you know, somewhere with a six handle, potentially even higher. So I think, it, you know, they're, they're definitely still in that mode, even though, as we sort of said at the start, they probably are reaching the peak. The yield curve isn't there yet with pricing off significant cuts, even though, you know, we're seeing some clear signs that the transmission of monetary policy is coming through via the usual interest rate sensitive sectors. Credit condition surveys showed, you know, secure default rates climbing and some stress in households. We had the Deloitte CFO surveys showing signs of emerging stress regarding cash on the corporate balance sheet side. The market sort of grappling with this uncertainty. Yeah, it, it, that's absolutely right. The data does... And again, if you read the minutes, there's sort of there is a hint of this in the decision. The, the six of them that wanted to just vote for twenty went for twenty five basis points. There was sort of there was this hint in one of some of their reasoning that you know that there's not enough yet to signify we're at a material turning point. But as you say, there's a lot of stuff that's turned. You know, the, if you're thinking about the, just the real economy in general, the PMI, you know, fell off a cliff in July. Um, and all the stuff, pipeline inflation numbers are all very, very positive as well. You know, if you think about the producer price index and the like, they that points to significant disinflation in the in the um, goods part of the CPI basket. And, on, and even on the services side, yes, wage growth is probably the one flying the ointment. But if you look at things like the decision maker panel, which is the BOE's own survey of expectations of CFOs. That's coming off again. There was data out there um, out today on that, um, and I think that you know it's it's all turning in the right direction. So I think the the over tightening story could become quite significant again and, and again in the in the latter part of this year, which could be something that plays into their thinking. So to finish on, you know, there's been a lot of criticism lately of the BOE, which gets amped by social media, etc., but. Hindsight is a wonderful thing and, you know, no doubt if it ends up they have over Titan, they will get a lot of criticism there. But to be fair, they have been one of the most humble central banks regarding forecasting. And today they did go at length to discuss that the decisions are a collective judgment with many models helping guide those calls. But the error bands on forecasting are pretty wide at the best of times and extrapolating from a trend is simple, but you know, given the multiple shocks we have had, the error bands are very wide and the NPC doesn't see, seem to be putting too much weight on the forecastability of those models. No, they're not. I mean, we've got Ben Bernanke, or they've got Ben Bernanke coming in, haven't they, to sort of give it all the once over? Because as you say, they I think they have been quite humble about it. Um, I, I can't say this with a huge degree of confidence, but I'm not sure they're... I wouldn't be surprised, I should say, that if the they made far bigger forecasting errors than other, any other central bank. I think part of it is actually the fact that they're quite transparent about their numbers. You know, we get the bank published the monthly path of inflation, so you can judge them each month when the CPI print drops about how good or bad their their forecasts have been. Ultimately, I think one of the one of the questions when it comes to forecasting, for me at least, is sort of you can bring Ben Bernanke in and he can tell you what's the best forecasting model and you can take on all his recommendations but fundamentally it's a judgment of nine people the nine people on the MPC, and that's what forecasting really is more than anything you have a model but you always impart an enormous amount of judgment on it and it, it, you know it's human error essentially 
and that that's something that can't be rectified even by the best model in the world so they they have i think you're right to say though that they have been humble and i think it's right they've launched this review but i, I wouldn't say they're alone in committing forecast errors overall data dependent central banks is what keeps markets on edge and supports bond market volatility and with the uk we expect its market volatility to be the last to fall relative to the US and Europe, given the inflation profile. And that convergence will essentially occur on greater visibility of the peak in the BOE bank rate. So, Dan, thanks for joining us. No worries at all. Thanks a lot for having me. Cheers, Tamba. See you next time. Thanks. Thanks.